Welcome to the SBS Volta Espana podcast with Zwift. Last year in the Volta, we saw Zwift Academy winner Jay Vine come close to a stage win, and this year another Zwift Academy winner, Neve Bradbury, performed brilliantly at the Giro d'Ona, finishing 12th overall. Well, it's all about to kick off again. Registrations are open, and the Zwift Academy starts on the 12th of September. Importantly, it's not just about elite riders chasing a pro contract. Anyone can take part. The Zwift Academy, it features six structured workouts over four weeks. And after you've graduated, Zwift will share workout and training recommendations based on your results. It's a great way to find your strength and go further. So if you want to dive in and start riding with a free seven-day trial, head to Zwift.com. Now here's Christoph and Maka with the SBS Volta Espana Zwift podcast. Me aprieto Faustino, a ver, marketing y gol, Arturo Luna. Con el líder de la clasificación general de francés, Rubimor, del equipo Grupo Madrid. Felicidades, Rubimor, que ya fue líder de la vuelta del año 2018 durante cuatro jornadas. Bonjour, bonjour, buenos dias. And of course, I was always going to start with a French podium uh, because it doesn't happen every day, uh, believe me. So we are very, very, or I am very, very pleased about the new leader of the Vuelta, the new red jersey, Rudy Mollard. And I'm sure he's as equally as pleased as me is Dave McKenzie. How are you, Dave? I'm very good. And, uh, mate, I am very uh, pleased that Rudy Mollard has got a pretty interesting story. We'll get into that shortly. Mm-hmm. Good stage. Oh, gee, we've got another big one coming up. This race is only just getting started. Absolutely. And I know I'm saying absolutely way too much, but I'm going to say it again. Absolutely. Just the race has only get started. Uh, joining us as well is, uh, of course, Kate Bates. How are you, Kate? Hello, guys. Yeah, I mean, he didn't even win the stage and you managed to find a way to open the show with him, Christoph. We can't have been surprised. I'm just yeah. uh, quietly, I'm just glad Ala Philippe didn't win because I'm not sure if you guys have seen his new facial hair situation. Yes. But it's, it's, oh, look, I'm not I'm not sure I'm a fan of it. It's a little bit of a shocker. So I'm not sure that that should be opening the show, Chris. Well, I'm, I'm glad you're bringing this up because uh, I saw him yesterday at the finish line. I wanted to uh, talk to him. Uh, and this is what happened. I just went, probably saw me in the corner. Oh, there's that Frenchman. And... It's like a sort of B-grade 70s yeah. movie. He, he looks exactly. like he's out of a B-grade no, 70s no, no, movie. No, no. It's like I'm not saying <laughs> oh, I'm going to talk to you about the goatee and everything. So no, 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 no. no. <laughs> um, anyway, thanks for joining us for, for this uh, new episode of, uh, of uh, the Vuelta. And as Maka said, uh, it was a, a, cr- a great stage. And Bilbao, what a city, Maka. I know you know Bilbao. Mm. Uh, what a city to, to host the finish of a stage. Yeah, I tell you what, for Marc Soler, if ever you're going to win a stage at the Vuelta, that is the one to win, I think. It's one of the biggest crowds they get every year or whenever it does go to Bilbao. And um, it was it was electric. I've, I've, I've called one um, stage uh, on the ground with Matty Keenan in Bilbao and it, was, it literally looked exactly the same. I think the finish line looked like it was in the same position. It's a beautiful city and, yeah, they were out in droves, weren't they? Yeah, absolutely. There was uh, really uh, thousands and thousands of people uh, just outside on the finish line. And uh, uh, like you predicted, actually, they, they just 
turned up at some point, you know, after after the, the siesta or whatever, they just uh, decided it was uh, about time to, uh, to go and watch uh, some cycling. Uh, and of course, uh, Kate Bilbao being the star city uh, of 2023, uh, I had the, the chance to uh, interview um, Christian Prudhomme and we'll play this interview a bit later on in, uh, in the series because uh, we got way too much to, to go through today. Uh, but it's available on uh, the SBS Sport website if you want to. But Bilbao as a host city of a start of a Grand Tour, this will be amazing. Yeah, and I mean, as we discussed yesterday, ASO now own the Vuelta and each year uh, it gets a little bit grander in its uh, organisation and the way it's run. I'm glad you caught up with Prudhomme. Again, like I feel like though, Christoph, you're, you're like chasing and gravitating toward the Frenchman uh, in Spain instead of embracing the Spanish lifestyle. Uh, although, you know, maybe some patatas bravas and, and you'll be back on track. It's interesting. Yeah. I said to my mum last <laughs> night, she said, oh, where's the stage uh, to tonight and I said I run I run to Bilbao and she was like I run to Bilbao and I thought I probably haven't got the pronunciation right Irun. for that but it is yeah Irun. Irun, I know Irun. Aussies uh, but it is such a mecca uh, for so many things it's got a lot of really rich history in cycling and I think next year will be magnificent and I also think that all of the catching up with COVID where all of the host cities were moved around I feel like it's yeah. time that Grand Tours started in their own country at least for a little while, stop all the transfers. Uh, let's just come back to basics for a bit. Hey, one more time in Spain, though. We start one more time in Spain yeah. next year. Yeah, I'll touch Spain any day of the week. Yeah. Um, and for the story, he spotted me. I didn't spot him. He came and said hi. Oh, That's okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're his new besties, aren't we, Christoph? He likes me. I don't know why. Yeah. Nobody else does, yeah. but he does. Oh, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to let him. <laughs> Is that because you guys are sitting in those chairs behind the broadcast centre every day doing the pod? I uh, saw some of those photos from the tour. And so yeah, you're just it. hanging out and everybody just flocks to you. They, I just feel like yeah. they all just village. want to get on the podcast. What can we say? That's the way it is. You know? <laughs> it's the Zwift effect. <laughs> uh, okay, let's listen to uh, the new leader of this Vuelta because he tells part of his story and then we can talk about it straight after this. Ready? Four years later, you have done it again. Ah, yes, I did it again. It's, it's a big day for me. and I was thinking about that from yesterday. I was not so far at the GC. I told to my teammate uh, it's possible to get the red today. I did it. It's so good. How did you play it? Because you had uh, different ambitions with uh, Jake Stewart trying to win the stage. Yeah, Jake was so strong today. Uh, a pull for me, but uh, at the end it was very confused, many attacks and. He get his chance. He was very strong, and in the final, I was waiting for him because I know for the sprint he can win the stage. And Soler gets the victory. It was good for me for bonification for the red jersey, so I was in perfect position in the final. And I, I have the reds. Amazing. And you had mostly one adversary, Fred Wright from Bahrain. Yeah, I just have to to follow him. He was very strong. I know he's very fast for the sprint, so I was in, in doubt for the final sprint. And uh, when Nikas Arndt and Impe was coming from uh, the back, it was better for me for the sprint. Until the end, uh, I was uh, a stress for, for the race. 
There was uh, Rudy Mollard, the new uh, leader of uh, this Vuelta in, uh, in Maca. Uh, four years ago, not to the day, but to the stage. It was the mm. fifth stage of the Vuelta. Four years ago, he did exactly the same scenario with the exact same result. Yeah, he did. And um, look, I'm not sure if you've seen it, Christophe. In, in that interview with um, Jean-Francois Kinay, at the very end, Jeff said one question in French. So yeah. he asked him a question in French. And that was when the emotions actually really sort of came out in Rudy. And he talked about just the, the sort of last 12 to 18 months that he's, you know, he's, he's been sick, injured. He had COVID. He, he had COVID quite bad, he said. And there was some real emotion. And it was, yeah. um, you know, I love listening to them in English, obviously, when your native tongue is in English. But the French answer he gave was actually better and it was you could just see the emotion pouring out of him it was uh it was really nice and I think at the end of it I think we're all even happier for him to get that red jersey but you're right uh, you know four years apart now and he's in the lead again and he may well hold this uh jersey for a few days yet yeah absolutely because uh, Kate uh Maka and yourself uh, predicted it uh, if he predicted it with me yesterday uh, when I caught up with him that was the perfect timing for uh, Primoz Roglic to lose or let the jersey go uh, there's a big gap I'm sure he's not really worried about it with uh, with what's ahead of him but uh, uh Kate I mean that 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 was the perfect scenario for Yumbo Yeah I think they did a really good job um strategically to let it go and again uh, it's okay to let a leader's jersey go because it's you're not wasting energy rather than letting it go uh, because you're losing it. And, again, there's a big difference between that. I think four minutes or so, Roglic is back now. No worries at all. That They will take that out. I mean, tonight, our first hilltop finish. So they'll take some out, a big chunk out of there, I imagine. But it won't be too hard to bring that back. Uh, in the end, I'm just a little bit bummed that uh, my boy Wright said Fred, Fred Wright, is not in red. Um, you got so close to close. the stage win. Yeah. Know. He, mm. And he just, like, what a rocker he is. Like, he's so good. He's so real. He gives interviews. I reckon he's the men's peloton version um, of Utra Bludvik in the way he just gives these really raw yeah. and honest uh, and quite emotive interviews. And uh, he just rides so well. I think that he probably won't get his chance now at this welter to wear that red jersey. So a little bit of a bummer for him because I think uh, if anybody deserved it uh, out of the break, I reckon it was probably him just if we go off kilometres spent on the front. Uh, unfortunately, we know that that often uh, doesn't do anything except get you some good TV time and uh, a pat on the back. Yeah, uh, if we just, uh, and you're right, I mean, the interview is done straight after, we don't have that interview, but the, the interview is done straight after, uh, he was very emotional because he knew, uh, he knew that uh, probably his chance on that particular Vuelta uh, has passed, and he knew that he would just keep pedaling, he had good legs, I don't, he's happy he had just, good legs for the whole... Uh... Yeah, sorry to interrupt, I give him actually a chance, guys, tonight, Fred Wright, they, they were very okay. even yesterday on that final climb. Rudy Malaz, you know, he's worn the red before. He's a champion. But I actually do give Fred Wright a chance. He's, as you say, Katie, he's a quality bike rider. And yeah. it's only, what, three seconds, four seconds? It's, I think yeah. that is where the battle is tonight between those two. Um, okay. So I wouldn't write him off just yet. Yeah. Oh, he gets better every, just... every tour. He seems to get better. So I reckon mm. he is one of those fun wild cards <laughs> that you pick in a tipping competition. Mm. 
when all the really reliable ones are gone because he could he could do it. Yeah. Uh, just going back to uh, to Jumbo Visma and the tactics they've employed uh, at losing that jersey yes, uh, yesterday, I spoke to uh, Sepkus on the finish line. Uh, I, I'm going to play this and there's a couple of uh, good comments and uh, interesting comments, I think, in this one. Sep, uh, quite a good start of the tour for Jumbo Visma and for you. Yeah, it's it's been really nice. Um, yeah, still the the first uh, TT uh, team time trial win was was really special, and uh, to do it in, in the Netherlands was was really beautiful. Uh, also, a, a lot of pressure, a bit nervous. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so far everything's gone gone really well for us. Um, for sure, there'll be harder moments, but for now, we're we're enjoying it. I just heard you speaking Spanish. How much do you love this country? Oh, I love it a lot. It's it's beautiful. Um, yeah, there's there's so many different parts, and and it's all uh, uh, yeah. There, there's a lot of variety, and and the, the people are, are are really really special. Primos is going for an historic number four in a row. How do you help him? How does he do it? Uh, yeah, it, it's uh, I think it's a race that that we both like, and um, yeah, it's it's nice to be able to help him. Uh, when, when I can, um, but it's also the race that I can always get the, the best out of myself as well. So, um, yeah, the, it's always a motivating uh, race. And last question, uh, to the front starts here in Bilbao in about a year's time. I know you're not thinking about it, but how beautiful would it be? Oh, it'll be crazy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, already at, at every race, no matter how big in this area, it's, it's always... Uh, amazing with with the crowd so uh yeah it's it's going to be uh even wilder <laughs> thanks mate yep thank you that was a set curse on the finish line yesterday in uh, in bilbao so let's crop the question about the uh the tour de france at the end and let's talk about the question before this one when i asked him about primus roglic his answer was yeah but i feel good as well don't you think my Oh, you, you, you keep going down the tabloid path, don't you, um, uh, mate? Um, That's what you said. I didn't say it. I didn't say yeah. it. <laughs> uh, look, who knows? Who knows? Like I said, um, uh, Roglic is in great form. We know that. We can see that. I'm just not convinced he's got. he's going to be the Primoz Roglic that has won the last three editions. So who knows? I, th- I think Kuss will be uh, definitely a plan B. Who knows? There could be something in it. Um, Roglic looks sharp at the moment, but yeah, I think time will tell. Yeah, so I, th- I think he's keeping his card uh, close to his chest on, mm. on this one, uh, Kate. And I guess that's what cyclists do when they are at the at the pointy end of of uh, of a Grand Tour. Yeah, I mean, he's performing really well at the moment. He's really consistent. A couple of years ago is when we saw him kind of break out and we thought, uh, particularly last year at the Tour, we thought, oh, this could be uh, really a moment where he just goes in leaps and bounds. He's been consistent since then. But um, to be honest, I probably, like unless they know something we don't, I would not have necessarily considered him to be a massive GC contender here. Stages, yes. Uh, but I wouldn't have necessarily thought overall, is he is he fitter than we realise? You know, do the team know something that they're going to back him? Is he throwing a bit of a boogie out there, do you think? Like maybe he's just trying to throw people off and make them watch him more uh, a little bit strategically. 
or maybe he kind of misspoke, you know, maybe that was a, a little bit of a bratty moment for him where he was like, but what about me? Um, thinking that he wishes that they were giving him a few more opportunities. Who knows? I mean, it wouldn't be the first time in a post-race interview somebody said something that they kind of lived to regret. So who knows? I mean, while yeah. we're going down the tabloid path and all, <laughs> got to <laughs> jump on all. the bandwagon. <laughs> uh, okay, let's go down uh, some of uh, the other performance. Uh, Lawson Craddock, uh, Maka. Let's listen to him and then because uh, he, he had quite a good performance as well yesterday. Mm. So near yet so far. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, that's a tough stage. Um, Oh man, big fight for the breakaway. The plan wasn't necessarily to be in it, but we just wanted to control the uh, the bigger moves. And when that strong move went, I yeah, I found, found myself in it. And then yeah, it was, whew, it's definitely definitely a tough day. And that circuit tended, I don't know, maybe suits me a little bit. But uh, in the end, maybe I didn't race uh, race too smart. Uh, wanted to try to get ahead of the uh, the Sharn guys in the breakaway on the first time up the climb, and then. Uh, yeah, maybe spent a little bit too much energy doing that. And yeah, you, sm didn't... you smashed him up the, uh, the, the climb, the, the lap before. The yeah, before. yeah, for sure. No, I, I want to try to get ahead and then get a head start for the, the second time. But maybe I should have, in the end, just kind of backed myself uh, for for to be all in for that, that final ascent of the, of, of the climb on the last lap. And then, uh, yeah, in the end, oh, played my cards, didn't quite work out. Uh, yeah, I mean, big thanks to the team just for the opportunity to be there. And then... Uh, yeah, hopefully uh, recover as much as possible. And, and, uh, you made a big move, about just 2K to go, where, where you actually tried to, to, to close it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there was, uh, there was I think, Mulberger and, uh, and Masnada slipped off the front. And, uh, yeah, I found myself in a position to try and jump across. And, and I thought I made the right move, and we were so close to Solaire at that time. But we're so close to the finish, too, that no one really wants to commit it. You know, it's, it's always tough, you know, it's just... Yeah, in the end, you're racing for a second in a situation like that, and yeah, you either commit and, and, and go full gas too early, and then you're going to lose, or you don't chase him down, catch him, and you're going to lose anyway. So it's a tough situation like that. So that was a Lawson Craddock here. Maka, uh, just for you to know, not that I'm counting, uh, but uh, just before this interview, he drank three cans, three cans of soda, and threw two bottles of water on his head just before being ready for this interview. Uh, it was a tough day for Norson Craddock, and he came so close to it. Yeah, gee, and just shows how hot it is too. So that heat obviously hasn't um, faded away just yet, has it? Still a bit left in summer. Um, yeah, I agree with everything he said. <laughs> yeah, I thought he did. I, I thought he did everything right. You know, tactically, I like the fact that he attacked the first time up the climb tested them out he could have gone you know we've been seeing in the last couple of years these long-range attacks win survive and win they could have all looked at each other and he could have ridden away with it so look at it and at the end of the day Mark Soler was dropped on the climb at the bottom and he got back on and they cat and mouse and that's how Soler won he won because he was sort of the smartest so I think Craddock did everything he could do um look it was a line ball sort of um, finish in the end, there was all, all each and every one of those guys that were there chasing Soler also could have won. So, no, no, I think he, he put himself out there and, you know, that's all you can ask. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and of course, uh, yes, we have a stage winner, Mark Soler. We haven't uh, spoken about him uh, just mm -hmm. now because we, uh, we don't have, or I don't have the interview uh, in English with him. But uh, uh, Mark, Mark Soler has done a sterling performance uh, at the Tour de France as well. Uh, and now he's backing up with a win here at the Vuelta. Uh, it's been a long time since uh, there's been a Spanish win at a, at a Grand Tour. So the drought has, uh, has finished and uh, the Spaniards are, are very happy with that, Kate. They are, and so they should be too. Uh, he is known, Soler, to be a little bit feisty. Uh, you know, he really wears his heart on his sleeve and people really know how he's feeling. And I think that for all the great performances that happened back in that breakaway, and you've got to look at Lawson Craddock, you've got to look at Wright said Fred. Uh, Fred Wright, I should really start saying his name properly, <laughs> shouldn't I? Sorry, uh, sorry, Fred, uh, young Fred. But I think that Soler just showed that he was the most tenacious and it's like he just was on a mission, uh, you know, and I think because it's been years since the Spaniards have had a Spanish win at the Vuelta, it meant that little bit more to him and so it would. I mean, we, we've seen that on home territory before uh, and I think it played into his hands that um, there were some other objectives going on back in the bunch, but good on him. Like, I don't know, love him or hate him, I think that... Some people in the peloton love him and others find him a little bit painful, but I reckon he's a cracker of a bike rider and I'm, I'm really pleased to see him win. Yeah, and then, Mike, I remember we, we were impressed by his performance uh, at, uh, at, at the Tour de France, how, how he did help Pogacar. How, how who, uh, Mark Soler? Yeah. Yes, of course he did. I'm, I'm thinking, who are we talking about? He's on the wrong team, but of course he rides for UAE, doesn't he? And I'll just switch my brain on. There yeah, you go. it's on now. Uh, he was he was good at the tour, but then remember he had the food poisoning and yeah. he made it to the finish line but missed the time cut, and that was brutal. It looked brutal. I think we've all been there. Any sports athlete has been there at some stage, probably in their in their sporting career. You know, getting either gastro or, or food poisoning. So it wasn't pretty, but. Yeah, I'm with you, Kate. The way he bounced back here and for this stage win was brilliant. I mean, he, he crossed. He was the last guy across that break last night. He crossed the two-minute gap, and I thought, this is crazy. What's he doing? Anyway, he knew exactly what he was doing, didn't he? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's talk about uh, Remco now. Remco Evenepoel from uh, Dukinik. We had a, well, we have big hopes for Remco, and that's what we've been having for for a few years. Uh, let's listen to him, and then uh, let's uh, talk about his performance yesterday. Now, when uh, when you just passed the finish, how was this day? This obviously does also brings back memories, maybe to San Sebastian. I mean, not quite the same roads, but still. Yeah, actually, we did quite a lot of uh, the same the same roads. Uh, Obviously, it was a, a long, fast start, so uh, I think that's something that uh, that actually caused the the more easy final because uh, after yeah, I think after 80 k's or something, the break only went, so that was uh, quite a long way. So um, in the end, perfect day. We had one guy in the break. That was the the goal of today, uh, and then just not losing any time. Uh, I think the team always did perfect to bring me to the in the front to the the steep climb here in the end. So uh, uh, I can be happy and uh, yeah, uh, looking forward to for tomorrow. Tomorrow being uh, today, of course, and we can see a bit more of uh, Remco Evenepoel uh, tonight. Uh, question for you, Maka: Where is he at, Remco? It's hard to read. We'll find out tonight, won't we? <laughs> I'm liking it uh, because this is it. This is his first real test, I will say, of this Vuelta summit finish. Look, it's uh, 
we'll get into the stage towards yep. the end of the show, but it, it is a 12-kilometre climb at the end and there's another Category 1. So this is his first real test. We're about to find out. I think he's, I think he's going to be pretty good. He's going to be close to the mark. Um, we know he's unproven over three weeks. Uh, it's only his second ever Grand Tour. So, um, But, you know, going back to our conversations two, three days ago, he is probably internally feeling the pressure on himself. Um, he's putting a bit of pressure on himself, I think, and he wants to deliver for the team. Mm-hmm. He wants to deliver for himself. The Belgian fans want him to deliver. So this is it. This is this is uh, question number one will be answered tonight about Remco. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay, now uh, let's talk about the Aussies, uh, and I'll throw this one to, to you, Kate. But uh, let's listen first of all uh, to Luke Plapp and Harry Swinney. Harry, how was it out there, fellas? I was actually pretty good. It, it took a long time for the break to go, though. Uh, it was a bit of a lottery, and then, yeah, pretty much by the end, it was just like a few guys snuck off, and then a few more, and then suddenly it was 20 guys. Yeah. Sorry, it started off not so hot, but it got really warm. It was a breeze at one stage of the day. How did it feel on the bike? Yeah, it did get quite hot. Now it's really cooled off, and a cool change is coming through. But uh, the uh, bunch also cooled off a bit after a couple hours, too, so it was, uh, wasn't too bad. Tomorrow, completely different. The, uh, the big hitters, the big DC boys have a go, right? Yeah, probably. Unless, I don't know, maybe it's a bit of a breakaway a long way, but yeah, I can't see that happening, but we'll see. Really, fellas, hold on. Right up the crack. Yeah, yeah, so that's the way to go. <laughs> So you heard it here, Harry Sweeney might have a crack, but how cool is this to have an interview with both uh, <laughs> members of the team, Kate? Yeah, I mean, I, I, we, both, we know that they're young, um, young men, but they seem like teenagers there. They're almost like giggly. They're talking they're at the ven- end of a very uh, long, hot, hard stage, and they're all smiles. It's really good, like the camaraderie that's going on. And um, I've become a big fan of Harry Sweeney's at the tour last year because I thought he got absolutely thrown in the deep end there and he handled it so well. Uh, so it's good to see him back at the Grand Tours. I do think realistically that Harry Sweeney can go in a break. You know, we've seen it before with him. He's a pretty tenacious rider. Nobody's really going to chase him necessarily. So if he's in the right makeup, it could go well. And people do reckon that perhaps tonight will be a breakaway. So it's not, you know, done and delivered that it's going to be uh, a day for GC. We'll just have to see. And interesting also, if you look back at uh, chatting about how Remco went, what I thought was interesting was that they did have a man in the break, um, but he got last, Masnada. So I'm not sure that uh, Quickstep have really achieved too much so far on this tour. That sort of puts a little bit more pressure on Remco. Uh, now, whether that eventuates into them taking a bit more control and making sure days like today aren't breakaways but are instead uh, all together toward the end, I think that could come into play uh, a little bit and it could could be good for the Aussies, could be not good for the Aussies. I did notice, Macca, that we had uh, a couple up there, Harper, Scottson, they were right up there in the bunch at the finish, uh, even though they were, you know, five minutes behind. They were still at the very pointy end of the bunch. So, They've obviously got some good legs amongst the Aussie contingent. Yeah, they certainly have. I mean, Harper was great again last night, wasn't he? He's playing the the super dommy role at the moment for Primoz Roglic. So, no, no, I think that it's we're blessed, aren't we, to have so many Australians in the race and towards the front, as you say. 
Yeah, I would totally agree. Now, uh, before we uh, we talk about the World Championship selections and uh, what else is happening in, a, in the world of cycling, uh, let's talk about Chris Froome. Uh, if he, or work experience kid, I should say, uh, caught up with him, uh, let's listen to, uh, to this interview because I think it's very touching and, uh, and we see a, a very nice side, I would say, from Chris Froome. G'day Chris, um, it's been a few years since I've caught up, but uh, I've been, like many in Australia, we've been watching your fantastic journey to come back. How are you feeling yourself right now? Yeah, it's been a, it's been a long, old, uh, long old road back to, to, to the top level of racing. Um, I'm still on that road. I mean, um, definitely been making a lot of progress this year, and I, I really felt at the Tour de France that I'd made a big step forwards. Um, unfortunately, COVID, COVID hit me pretty hard when I got COVID and had to pull out of the Tour. Um, so I'm still sort of building up again from that, but uh, generally feeling pretty good. Feeling pretty good and uh, optimistic about the racing to come. So, do you really believe personally you can get back to that level you were for next year? Do you think you can? I mean, that, that's still to be seen. I mean, I'm, I, I think comparing myself to what I've, what I've achieved in my career, that's, that's not the right approach for me. I mean, I, I almost have to draw, draw a line in the sand from where I crashed and uh, do my best basically now to try and get back to the highest level I can. Now, we're hoping to have a Herald Sun Tour again next year. It's still <laughs> be decided very soon. And we'll talk to you, uh, your bosses, but we'd love to have you back. Any chance we'll get you a Herald Sun Tour uh, again? I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd love to come down there. I've got great memories of, of being down there. Uh, it's a great way to start off the season. So, uh, yeah, certainly, let me know if it's happening. Yeah, well, you think you've written three of them over the time. So. <laughs> Cheers. Okay, thanks, man. If he's a trier, yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, Johnny yes. Damani, Johnny tomorrow, and and how's that last question? And Chris, Chris threw me, you know, as polite as he is. Even Chris was like, "Thanks, okay, I've got to go." And John's still <laughs> yeah. saying, "Okay, next year, mate, next year." The the race isn't even on. It hasn't even been announced that it's on yet, and he's no. trying to sign him up. Oh, I'm surprised you didn't um, give him, you know, some promotional gear, a, a T-shirt to wear around or something like that. But he, did, he was cheeky. That was a cheeky interview where he said, yeah, it's, right. essentially, is it realistic for you to perform well? I mean, you know, slightly better worded, but that I was a bit taken aback by that. I thought Froomey uh, answered that exceptionally well. Uh, I thought it was a good question, that, though. That's, yeah, that's I mean, a good, that's a good question, and the answer was a uh, you know, drawing it is, yeah. this idea of drawing the, the line in the sand. It's 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 pretty clear. That's what he has to mm. do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, it, and it's fans' idea. Uh, they're the ones that are comparing where he was to where he is now. It's clear now that he isn't, and I think that that's um, just sensational to hear it from him. Um, yeah. So people can, you know, they can think what they want, but he seems to be on a really happy journey with it all. Yeah, yeah, and then Maka. We said it before, but a win at a Grand Tour would already be absolutely brilliant for Chris Froome. Uh, it would be. I think. I think many of us love to see. It. And look, you said yourself, Christophe, at the Tour de France, the French, the public now, it's like they're they're back in love, or they 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 like they now got Chris Froome on side. Whereas you know there was a period where they hated him. And isn't it funny when you're on the when you're on the top step? Human nature, they want to they want to knock you down. It's the tall poppy syndrome, if you like. Um, whereas now he's, I think people are seeing him for what he is and what he always was. He, he's a real gentleman, actually. Um, you know, he was tenacious on the bike, but off the bike, he's a real gentleman. And I can't fault him of the times that I've interviewed him. 
and mm. senior mat races, including the Herald Sun Tour. Um, but <laughs> no, it's. I just think we'd all love to see him get a win. You know, um, I think it'd top his career off actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 actually, I was questioning myself that if a win would be enough for him to start thinking about retirement. You know, how much more does he want? Would would is he chasing that last elusive win to start thinking about? Turning the page? Do you think that could yeah, be? Well, a... he's not getting any younger, is he, Kate? Yeah, exactly. No, but maybe he's not even chasing that last win. Maybe he's just found a love of it that's quite different to mm. uh, the pressure and the scenario that was on him when he was expected to win Grand Tours. So, in many ways, this might be a little bit um, of a career highlight for him to get to do all of these, but be on a bit of a different agenda. Uh, so, he may not retire until he starts thinking this isn't that enjoyable anymore. I mean, you know, yeah, Valverde, and, and he, I, will he ever retire? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think age is a barrier necessarily. No, no, but what, what I want to say is that uh, that, that next win is probably not going to be career-defining, uh, but it would be probably personality-defining. It would probably change uh, the way he would probably put a, an end to his career up here, you know, that probably mm. make it a lot easier yeah, uh, on the other side. End, wouldn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, now, I said we were going to talk about the, uh, the the World Championship and some of the selections very quickly. Uh, I caught up with uh, Matt Peterson. Uh, let's listen to it. And uh, he hasn't got much to say about it either. Matt Peterson, uh, you've been knocking at the door for this Vuelta of a, of a win. How are you feeling on uh, on this first few, first few week? Uh, pretty good. As... Uh... Yeah, shown the results is quite okay. I'm just missing the win, so it looks looks great. The World Championship is in Australia in a few weeks. You're wearing the stripes. Uh, this is not a preparation for the World Championship, but you know how it is to win a World Championship. Is this the target or not? Uh, first, I have to be selected for World Championship, so we will see. We will see tight lips here. There's a, a, bit, there's a, of a bit, yeah, bit of a cold <laughs> fish there. Uh, he's not feeling much, <laughs> is he? Yeah, he's... <laughs> He's not known for best conversation, isn't he? <laughs> no, no, he's pretty. He's pretty. Um, yeah, he has been like that in the past. So don't take don't take it personally, Christoph. No, um, Between him and Alaphilippe running away from me. <laughs> sure, maybe try some new cologne tomorrow. Oh, you yeah, can't maybe. Do this, though, Macca. I mean, it would yeah. be crazy if they didn't bring him. And in fact, based on his performance already this week, you'd have to think he'd have a very big highlighter over his name too. <sighs> Well, Mark but the course doesn't suit him, like that, Sorry, say again, Christoph. The, the course doesn't suit him, or does it? No, that's yeah, what Mark Renshaw does. doesn't think normally it would suit uh, suit him. But he said, based off what he's done already at the Vuelta, he said he should go because with that mm. sort of form, he'll get around the course. So we'll have to see, wait and see. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, he gave me a cheeky smile when he answered that. So maybe yeah, he knows yeah. and he doesn't want to say. He's booked his <laughs> ticket, mate. He's booked his ticket. He's, <laughs> he's already booked his ticket for the, um, the walk up over the bridge in Sydney. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's, he's already got Yeah, for bridge yeah. climb, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's got yeah, his he's carabiners ready. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was just getting worried last night that uh, maybe it's the stripe thing. They don't want to, like, they avoid me. You know, between the current world champion, the past oh, world yeah, champion, maybe. they're just like, whoa, whoa, okay, this guy is too much. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, maybe try some new cologne tomorrow and if yeah, it still happens, I'll then try, I can't I'll try help that. I don't know. Do, do men still use cologne? I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> don't I've never used Here's a question for the audience. Life. Oh, there you go. Eau de Maca, is that just what you roll with? 
<laughs> okay, this is uh, before we go, we go uh, too silly on this one. This is the the standing at a minute, and yeah, I know what you're thinking, Maka. There's a Frenchman on top. Uh, that's uh, that's what we all want to see. But uh, uh, what else can we draw from that top ten? We got Roglic on f uh, five or fifth, Sepkus six, and uh, uh, Theo Gegenhardt is still here as well. Evan Paul Carap Carapaz. We haven't seen much of Carapaz, but he's in the top ten. Uh, yeah, look, he's he's hiding around, and again tonight tells. Tonight we'll learn a lot, I think, yeah. of the GC guys. That's what I'm looking forward to. Again, it's not a, it's not the biggest day, and here it is, 180 kilometres, 3,600 metres of climbing. So it's enough. Two category, one cat two, two category ones. The summit finish there, 12 kilometres. It's enough to spice it up, and I think we'll see potentially a few GC guys drop off, drop away, mm -hmm. and we'll, we'll, you know, we'll start that sort of process of elimination. Yeah, Kate, if you had to uh, pick someone uh, other than your right side, Fred, uh, on this one. Oh, I, I tend to think that it will be um, a GC day, to be honest. I don't think it will be a, a break day. And so um, I'd have to put Roglic out there. Um, although I say that, but based on his interview, I'm just thinking about the tone in the interview and I'm not sure he even really wants it. Um, again, I don't know that they want it yet, so I'm not sure Yumbo will be the ones um, mm. pushing for it. But, um, you know, it could be interesting to see how Carapaz is climbing and whether he's prepared to put his nose in the wind uh, and make a bit of time. Or if it, if it was a little cheeky dig by Sebkus that he really wants a chance, uh, maybe this is an opportunity uh, if Roglic isn't ready to have it on his shoulders again uh, for him to have a dig. But I tend to agree with what Macca says about just like it's a tough day and that is a tough final climb. And mm. I just can't see uh, there being too many that would make a successful breakaway. But we'll find out early, won't we? Because mm. the break will go pretty early if it's going to go. It didn't go till 80K last night. Everybody yeah. had something to say about that. Ugh, so. They averaged 50 kilometres in the first hour yesterday and yeah, by that's, I think with about 30 kilometers to go the average speed was still 45 kilometers yeah <laughs> madness yes, that's full on yeah I don't reckon they'll do that two days on the trot because it, it, a couple of them talked about it in their interview mm. it doesn't seem like too many were pleased about that um, it seems like it's would, etiquette that a, an early break goes and that's it otherwise a break doesn't go like you kind of accept it's one or the other so this in-between business uh, they might they might shut down a little bit too yeah, hard, yeah. especially on very hot days. Mm. Yeah. Uh, before we go, I just want to take you as well uh, right behind the scenes of, of this. Maka is a scene we know too well, but for people that think cycling is glamorous, this is this is the back side, the, the back end of the of the the world feed interviews that you see. It's chaotic. There's people everywhere, noise everywhere. We, like this is what cycling at a Grand Tour is. You know, interview back to back here. Uh, and we, you, you grew to to love this as well. Uh, yeah, it's it's um, it is it's organised chaos, and um, it is good to sort of get that sort of bird's eye view, if you like, behind the scenes. And yeah, that's the finish you know, line. That's what, that was my office yesterday. Well, that's the Vuelta. The tour, <laughs> although the tour this year was a bit chaotic as well, with a lot of the crews. Believe it or not, there was an order here by colour of uh, of vest. We were all by <laughs> colours of vest <laughs> at the start. The Spanish but then, style. Uh, 
but that shows how chaotic a Grand Tour is uh, and and how close to the riders you are. And on this one, you don't have the noise, but you, on one side of the fence, you've got the public and the other side, you've got the, the, the working media and it's all mingling together. At some point, you don't know who jumps which buyer or what, but this is how it's happening. And, and this is why we love Kate as well. Yeah, I love it. And I think the writers love it too. I mean, sometimes they complain about it, but um, it also makes, it, it gives them a lot of the adrenaline and the uh, the motivation to keep going as well. So I like the organised chaos of it all. I mean, I think if you get out of there without a broken bone, and I mean the media, uh, yeah. you're doing pretty well. You're having a successful grand tour. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's all in the choice of shoes. You need, you need good shoes. Yes, That's what I've important. learned. That's no high learned. heels, please. <laughs> no. <laughs> Anyway, that's uh, that's pretty much it for tonight. Uh, Macau again, uh, let's go back into the profile and uh, tell us what time you're on air and, uh, and so on. Yeah, so again, there it is, stage six, 180 kilometres to Pico Giano, uh, 10.55pm once again, on demand, of course, and on the main channel. It's going to be a big one. Hey, and just quickly, if I can just put in, this weekend is the Mountain Bike World Championships and they yeah. are, of course, on SBS On Demand. Beck McConnell, she's the big one, and I think she is in with a red-hot chance to win this. She's had her best season yet in the World Cups. I think she's won three. So mm -hmm. 9, 10 p.m. on demand on Saturday. Check your guides, but that will be the first live event you will see. And, guys, guess who is going to win tonight? No, no. Ben O'Connor. Oh, wait. Ben O'Connor. Oh, boom. <laughs> boom. Okay, I'll take you that. I thought you were... Uh, Talking mountain bike, and I'm thinking no, no, Ben O'Connor will win tonight. Mountain bike racing, not yet. Uh, but yeah, okay. I'd love to see Ben O'Connor win Macca. That'd make me really happy. So you heard I'll, it first. I'll jump yeah. on board that because why yeah, not? that's okay. We all agree. <laughs> yes. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. Guys. This was the uh, Zwift SBS uh, Cycling Podcast. Uh, and uh, the next episode is, of course, uh, same place, same time uh, tomorrow. And in the meantime, enjoy the Vuelta tonight on SBS. Thanks for listening to the SBS Volta Espana podcast with Zwift. After five weeks on the road at the tour and no riding, I'm seriously playing some fitness catch up with Walter Inspiration. To help with my motivation, I've set myself a target of finding a team and getting involved with the Zwift Racing League. Round one starts on the 13th of September and goes to the 18th of October. One race per week for six weeks. Whether you're just starting out on your fitness journey or like me getting back into things, or you're a six watts per kilo monster, you'll find a level of racing to suit. So if you're up for the fun cycling challenge, dive in and start riding with a free seven day trial at Zwift.com and find your ZRL team or register if you're all ready to go by Sunday, the 11th of September. Hopefully I'll see you on the start line soon. Ride on.